0: Welcome to the how we create podcast. I'm your host Carissa Moreno. I've realized that growing up in an artistic family gave me a support system and the encouragement to approach challenges in life without overthinking and without worrying about the outcomes. I created this podcast to remind you that you are not alone in your creativity and I hope that it will validate and expand your artistic process and inspire you to create something new today. I will be here weekly telling you about my experiences as a creative and also having conversations with fine artists, musicians, performers, dancers, and you will learn how they create, how they experiment, and how they turn failures into opportunities for growth. I know that you are going to enjoy getting a peek inside their minds and creative lives. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps. My guest today is Christopher Rivas. Rivas is an award-winning storyteller, two-time Moth winner, Ariane de Rothschild Social Impact Fellow, an actor currently working on Call Me Cat, essayist and social commenter with work in the New York Times, Zocalo, Boston Globe, Swipe Life, and Level, filmmaker, podcast host, and a PhD candidate in expressive arts for global health. And the creator of The Real James Bond was Dominican. His mission is to share stories that disrupt what is and create space for what could be. Christopher, welcome. Thank you. So nice to have you here. I know you as a multi-talented artist and my first question to you is how did it all begin? What was the first memory you have of being creative?
1: I think before I do that I have to just because I have to like follow my impulses and I just love this painting behind it. It's so great. Oh, thank you. I don't know maybe that was my first impulse. Maybe that's my, that was my first thing. When did I first follow my impulse? So the first thing I want to say is I just, I, I played a lot as a kid by myself. Like I came up with a lot of imaginary stories. You know, I I, I ran around in my underwear. I like, you know, I in my underwear. I was thought I was Spider-Man at a certain moment. I was hanging from the wall or had all my Nerf guns and I had like these secret missions. So I think that was my f- first moment of of like creating.
0: Were you an only child?
1: I was not, but (laughs) you know, my sister's three years older and three years is at, now it's nothing, right? Like, but 12 to 15, those are very different people. Like we're in different places. So I don't think we were that tight when we were younger. As we get older, we get closer and closer. I'm actually going to see her next week.
0: So play is definitely a part of creativity and accessing that. I think that part of your brain what what were you doing in addition to that? Were you acting as a child? Were you writing? So I didn't really act
1: until, or write, until I saw John Leguizamo's Freak. And that was one of the many, you know, we all have those moments in our life, like there was before and after. That was a before and after moment. And it did things to me that I didn't have language for, but... I found myself in the shower performing, imagining scenes and even imagining myself winning awards. Like I just something was turned on in me and I knew it's something I wanted to do. And in in like junior high, I did uh, some talent shows. I like MC'd some talent shows. And I remember the feeling of like making people laugh. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. You know, it's it's a really nice feeling. And and I guess that was it. You know, I auditioned for high schools. I got in somehow. And I did a John Leguizamo monologue and was kind of performing ever since. And the writing came later, like when I was in college, I think. Maybe in high school too. Like poetry and stuff. Bad poetry, really bad <laughs> slam poetry.
0: <laughs> so what brought you to writing?
1: I think the same thing that brought me to even the play, right? Like to the play of being alone in my house creating these secret missions I believe I had a deep desire to meet my own voice like I think we do this thing where there is a thing we know we're capable of and we're just like trying to meet it and we get closer and I think I'm like I haven't met it I think I'm close but I think I was so far and and so you play to find it and you're like, ah, there is this confidence in me, but it's only when I'm by myself with Nerf guns and, and there is this freedom in me. And then you write a poem and you're like, oh, there's this like softness in me, but I don't like the way it feels in public. Like I'm not ready to, to do that with other people. And so I think I just wrote and did everything everything I ever did was to try and meet myself, to try and become what I imagined I could become. And if I think about it, what I imagined I could become was someone as confident and courageous as Leguizamo, a brown man on a stage who was like speaking his truth, telling his story. People laughed at him, people watched, people cried. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I hope I can do that. And so let me unconsciously try all these different things and maybe that'll be my thing. And so I think that's what sort of brought me to writing. It was like, here, let me try this.
0: No, that's really beautiful. I love what you said about trying to meet yourself and finding your voice. That's something that you're constantly doing as a writer, but also as a human being, as a person, you're trying to find your true self.
1: One of my meditation teachers uh, would always ask me, why do you sit? Why do you meditate? Why do you sit? And I would come up with these like answers. And he'd be like, "Nah, try again. So this is like on a retreat and I come back and I have another answer and like, and you know, he said, why do you sit? Even chickens sit. And he said, we sit to meet ourselves. That resonated with me. We take that moment to meet ourselves that, mo- that day. Maybe something has changed in us. And I think as writers and as artists, we need to honor that something might be changing in us. We might not be the same person. Like, who am I now? Who am I meeting now with this writing, with these words, with this creation? what interests me, what piques me. And I do, yeah, I've hung on to that. I believe we do a lot of things to meet ourselves. That's why we like dating so much. And, you know, romance, because it's a surefire way to see yourself until it gets too much.
0: I like that. I mean, I'm thinking about changing and meeting yourself and things being different. And I always feel like that's how you grow as an artist is that you are recognizing that change and then going after it. And that's how you grow.
1: Yeah, Go after it is is the big, like, that's the big secret, right? I often say I'm not more talented than other people, but I just, I refuse to stop walking in that direction. I don't even know what that direction is, but I'm walking there I'm Like, and I'm not going to stop and I don't need to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out or I'm not. It's going to happen. Like... And, and you just have to go after it, whatever it is. I think there are some go after it's that are more grounded than others, but we go after it. You know, one of my go after it's pay off my student loans.
0: Along those lines, how do you feel you've taken creative risks in your work?
1: Oh, wow. Like to keep it on theme, the first thing I wanted to say was I went after it. I created, mm-hmm. I put things out, I made things. I just keep making stuff. My first little film that i made that like went to a bunch of festivals that like won some things and it's like it's in the new york times you can watch it it's called like calm your curls like everyone was like how'd you make this blah, blah blah i was like honestly 150 bucks i begged my friend with a camera to come like I trusted him. And he was like, I want to do it in slow motion. I was like, cool. I asked the woman who actually cuts my hair, yo, can we, can we record like while you actually, while you cut my hair? And she was like, sure. I just begged a friend who had a voiceover booth to let me record in there. I just kind of went after it and I didn't know it would do anything and it ended up working. And then you submitted and then all this, you know, and you're just like, wow, people resonate with this. That's cool. And then you go after it again and you make another one where it's not like I'm making it for this. I just want to make it because I don't want to wait. And I think that's, I think a best piece of advice I ever got, maybe, this is the risk slash trust, because with risk, I think risk and trust go hand in hand. You must trust in order to take risk. A, this guy, JR, said he worked for a really big deal producer, and I tried to get him to buy this. Movie. He was mad honest. He was like, Chris, you're dope. I don't have time for this, but I'm going to tell you something. He said, I want you to just create, right every day. Just keep making. Without a goal, without... HBO or the, without an intention. And then one day you're going to do something and everyone's going to ask you, what else do you have? Funny, you should ask, I got this, I've been working. And I think that's the risk is that I just keep making knowing that it would all arrive to actually the place it is right now.
0: I'm curious because you mentioned Legazamo as an influence on you, especially as a brown person. How has that, I mean, I, It's such a white world. And writing is such a white world that is now trying to change. But how has that been for you as a Latinx artist, writer, performer, getting into that world?
1: The timing is very funny because, you know, I have a book coming out called Brown Enough in September of 2022. And that's what it's about. Like in this world of white and blackness, what is the role of brownness? And 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 what do we do with brownness? And it asks questions like, what is the value of assimilation? Is there a value? Do we do it consciously, subconsciously? You know, as brown people, do we also recognize our own privilege, right? Of of somehow being in the middle that we can participate and play with everyone. I think for a long time, my brownness was not a thing I I recognized because if I recognized it, it just cut, but I didn't notice it. And so, what would I do? I would keep my curls. Down. I would keep my hair short. When I graduated acting school, I had this big ass like fro. It's pretty sweet. And I remember telling myself, like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, you haven't earned the right to have that kind of hair for Hollywood. And I cut it all off. And and I remember that moment. You know, you haven't earned the right to have this hair. And that's fucked up. But it is what it is. And the more And that's part of meeting yourself. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. It's part of creating to be seen. But who do you want to be seen as? And why do you want to be seen? And hopefully you, you being, hopefully brown bodies gain enough self-awareness to know, am I making work through the white gaze? Am I making work to be seen by these people? Am I making work that's true to myself? Am I being true to myself? And if there's one thing I like to do with my work, for better or for worse, is all my work is works in personal stories. The book is personal essays i have a one-man show i have another show coming on stitcher it's all personal like that's just what i believe that's just my and my many years of bad writing of things that's what i've met like that's what i like to, to to do my the tv show it's all personal and so i'm still meeting what it means to be a brown body in this world and and i hope i'm it's a weird question you're like oh, i hope i'm doing it right whatever that means <laughs>
0: You're making me think of a lot of things I haven't thought of before as someone who is half brown and how I've lived in this world. And a lot of what you're saying actually makes me think of how women go through the world and are we performing through a male perspective? I think about that daily and and often through the day.
1: There's a great book called Body Keeps the Score. I was just writing about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think everyone should read it. It's like this sort of preeminent book on trauma. And it's exactly what it says. The body keeps the score. And something I really love that he says is you don't have to experience trauma to have trauma live in your body. Trauma lives in communities. Trauma lives in DNAs. Trauma lives in the female sex trauma. Consider a woman who has never been assaulted yet walks home at night with her keys in her knuckle. Trauma lives in your body. It's in her body and she hasn't even experienced it. Mm -hmm. trauma lives in narratives trauma lives in the world so yeah
0: what advice or what would you say to someone who's trying to meet themselves and is having a hard time getting there or starting
1: I think the first thing I'll say is like if they're having a hard time because it's hard then it is hard and maybe it's just reminding them it's not easy to meet oneself it's certainly not easy to be an artist it's not easy to take risks and I think I like getting rid of the sugar coating of it. It's worth it. Doesn't mean it's easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's fulfilling doesn't mean it's easy. If we took the context of meeting yourself in like meditation, there's probably nothing harder than sitting in a room with yourself. Yes. No Instagram, no TV, no writing even, right? No escape, just being with yourself. That's meeting yourself. That's some of the hardest, scariest work in the world. Most of what we do in this life, you know, is to distract ourselves from the meeting of ourselves. So I would say to anyone who might be struggling in some way, I'll just use what my meditation teacher says, let the heat kill you. I love that. He says, let the boredom kill you. Let the fear to let it take you become intimate with it. Let it take you. You're going to go through it eventually, but you don't have to go around it. You get to go through it. And I like that. Just let the heat kill you.
0: Yeah. I was listening to, I have a terrible memory, but Someone who was talking again about boredom and I've read so much about boredom with children, right? Like we don't let our kids get bored anymore, but this person was talking about even in adults, it's where our creativity can spark. And the fact that we're not quieting our minds and letting ourselves get there, we're not letting ourselves create in ways that we used to. And not just as artists, but as people.
1: And I I know it's shitty. Like, I have good focus. And I know it's, and I know that this thing is so dangerous. Like, I know that the compulsory act to check this Mm -hmm. is just, it's compulsory. It really does prevent boredom or prevents that hyper deep focus. And that's like a battle I'm constantly in. And I have good focus. And I'm still like, I know that it's it's hindered. And I actually think focus and boredom are, are are beautiful cousins they need each other i used to have a a teacher who would say like and this is not always true this is not a blanket statement but he would say like being tired is being bored and that's not sometimes we're up late you're you're actually tired you need sleep but his example was a kid in class is bored he's yawning you put him on the playground that little motherfucker can run for hours (laughs)
0: like
1: you put him back in class he's yawning He's like, can't keep his head up. You put him with a girl he likes, wow. Or a boy, anyone. He's just like, all the life is in him. There's no tired in him whatsoever. And I think focus and boredom have that relationship. Boredom can allow us to see what possibly will turn us on. And that's part of meeting yourself. What turns Mm -hmm. you on?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, what turns you on from the inside? What makes your blood boil in a nice way?
0: Yeah. I'm curious, just because you've brought up meditation a few times, how did you get into meditation? How long have you been having a, as a practice?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a big part of my life because it, it seeps into everything, you know, because it shows you everything. You could have the best sit in the world and then go see your mother and be like, ah, and you're like, what happened to all that peace I just had? Like, it's an unbelievable teacher. Mm-hmm. And all you need is yourself. Is nothing. Is <laughs> like, no cor- no money, no fee, you don't have to pay anything. And it's such a good teacher. I've been sitting since I was 21 years old. I dated a girl who asked me if I meditated. And I said, yes, never meditated a day in my life. And when I turned 21, she got me a ticket to Barry, Massachusetts and flew me to a seven day silent retreat. Oh, wow! And instead of telling her the truth, I went and I did the retreat. And my life was changed. My life was That was another before and after moment. And my life was really changed. I've been doing it every day since. And it's a battle. That's its own battle, right? It's easy not to sit. It's really easy not to to dedicate 10, 15, 40 minutes to something. But we spend that much time on our phones. And I'm aware of that. And so I fight that battle because I know it has value for me. My own partner says, she can tell immediately. She's like, you haven't sat in a few days. She could just feel the anxiety in me. I think it's huge for artists. I don't think it's a doctrine. I think it's a piece of technology. Like that's how I look at it. I think it's just a practice that is very good for artists.
0: And you really just dove right in, going from <laughs> going from lying about meditating to seven day silent retreat.
1: I don't recommend that for everyone, but maybe <laughs> like maybe it was crazy. And I did them for a couple of years after. And if I'm being honest. I used to do them yearly and I haven't in many years. And I think about that because what am I not wanting to see? What am I not wanting to make the time for?
0: Sure. I also wanted to talk to you about mistakes and creative mistakes and how you, I don't know, how you view mistakes. How do you approach them? And do you have a favorite tool for fixing mistakes?
1: Do you have an example of what a creative mistake is?
0: That's a good question. I've talked um, in other interviews about mistakes in painting, and I don't really believe in mistakes in painting. Okay, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't really believe in mistakes.
1: (laughs) Creative mistakes, like, I don't, I guess I believe in mistakes, like, I thought I was going to put my cup down, but I missed the table. That's a mistake. But it also is what it is. Like, I just think it's a a word like change your dictionary, change your life. I don't think it's a word that's necessarily needed in our vocabulary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm wondering if I even want to use this word anymore, because it it doesn't suit my practice and also a lot of people that I'm talking with.
1: Here's the beautiful moment is there. They're like, "Cool, I've graduated from that. Awesome. Maybe that's also the the beautiful reminders people need to know to just sort of change their language. I watched a really stunning film last night, nine days, stunning, highly recommend it. It's like, wow, I haven't seen a movie like that in years. This is not giving anything away. Someone draws this beautiful portrait of the beach and he thinks it's such shit, Mm -hmm. just thinks it's horrendous. And I guess that's all I'll say, but, but I think that word mistake, it's, it has to do with our perception of our own worth and our own work's worth and like and play. And Can we keep playing and can we create without thinking good or perfect or sellable or makeable or investable? Can we just make uh, yeah. Woody Allen for all his uh, transgressions? We think of him as this sort of like film genius. Homeboy is made basically like one to two films every year, mm-hmm. forever. You can name three or four, and we consider him a master. Mm -hmm. But he just knocks him out, and and like, and so a couple are shitty, shitty, great, and you just you just make. And we're not in that's a level of privilege. We're not all in a position to make and time and finances and student loans and jobs. But when we can, I think we have to. I think we have to make.
0: I wonder you were talking about it as a reflection of worth. But I, I wonder if just the way that our society has changed that we feel this need to be perfect, and that and maybe that's where the fear of mistakes comes from.
1: Because well, are we allowed to share a bad painting on Instagram?
0: No, and and would you want to? Like, do you want to share your? Your shit, you're garbage. I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around this as we're talking. You want to celebrate your wins, right? You don't want to celebrate your failures. And what has that turned into? I
1: do teach something in like my, my storytelling classes, and I, and I do believe in the terms of blame elegantly, or which is to like, I trust the person who also tells me what they don't know not just what they know. I trust the person who who can share any of the work. I I, I trust them because I just do. I just, I feel like everyone and their mother is trying to be perfect and trying to be a better version of themselves. And very few people are trying to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And, And that's powerful. That's really powerful. I think art is that, like art gives us the opportunity more than anything to be ourselves. And that's hard. We have to filter out a lot of shit that's like trying to be something else.
0: Yeah, and I think that is process, right? That's the process and we go through that process in our lives with with who we are and then we go through that pro- cre- as a creative process. And then what's shown, I'm going to blame social media now, and I do think it has some benefits, but what's shown on social media is not process. It's product. It's, it's product. 100%.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Process is beautiful. Like, I, I like to write like that. I like to, like, let people in on the inner, like, the inner questions that led to the other questions. I think that's what I like about essay writing so much essay writing feels about to me feels like process it feels like the uncovering feels like it's happening it's fresh in that way it's not just product I think process is really sexy and cool and like I love rehearsal (laughs) I love all types of rehearsal I love watching Basquiat documentaries where he paints a masterpiece and he's like this is whack and so he like paints another one and he's like this is whack and then he like scrubs a piece out and he's like yeah that'll do and you're just like wow the process is so cool
0: yeah and as you're saying that i'm thinking process is when you're excited right like that's as someone who's doing it and making it that's when you're excited that's when you flow that's the product is just the product
1: yeah you know. Yeah, process is cool. And how can we let more people into process? In, in a way, we invest in process, right? Like we invest in Steve Jobs because of the stories we heard, the 99 different shades of brown he, he had to look at. Or he threw the iPad in the fish tank and said, make it thinner, no bubbles should come out. We invest in the story. We invest in the process. That's the process.
0: Yeah, so how can we encourage more people to invest in the process?
1: How do we encourage more people to uh, invest in the process. We transparency. Really corny cliche words that are hard to practice. Transparency, authenticity. We have to trust our own process. We have to trust our own megalomaniac selves. We have to trust, we have to trust. We do it this way for a reason. Like this is, this means like we have to trust that. It's not too ugly. Your process isn't ugly. Right. It's because you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're making.
0: I like that. Maybe, we, maybe that's how we end. Your process (laughs) isn't ugly. It's beautiful. Yeah. Creation is beautiful.
1: Something exploded and we got this.
0: I have really enjoyed this conversation. This has been... Wonderful, and and thank you for helping me work through some things that I' yeah. <laughs> going on in my mind. Yeah,
1: tight. <laughs> yeah, you get your own like medicine.
0: Yeah, I will include your information in the show notes. But do you want to let everybody know where to find you, what you're doing, what's happening now? You've mentioned a few projects.
1: Where to find me, what I'm doing, ChristopherRivas.com or ChristopherRivasStorytelling.com. Instagram is Christopher double underscore Revas. You should still see my face. Um, and I'm working on a lot of stuff, which is really cool. I have the book coming on September of 2022. Second season of Call Me Cat on Fox, which is fun. I have a show on Stitcher coming out the real james bomb is dominican and a show called brown enough which is like a weekly podcast show as well and yeah so i'm just making stuff
0: i'm so glad to hear it thank you so much for for being here i really i really appreciate you
1: this is fun thank you so much
0: here are your creativity boosts from today's episode number one the secret is to go after it walk in the direction of your dreams and goals number two sometimes the risk is simply that you are making things A lot of people don't take that risk. Be proud of yourself. Number three, keep creating because someday someone is going to ask you, what else do you have? Number four, it is hard. It's hard to get started. It's hard to keep going. It's hard to take risks, but that's what gives it value. Number five, boredom will open you up to possibilities. And number six, invest in your process because process is creation and creation is beautiful i wanted to let you know that i've graduated from this question about making mistakes and creative mistakes so i've decided it's time to end season one i believe mistakes are life mistakes are process mistakes are lessons and mistakes are the message i've already done several interviews for season two and i'm excited is not exactly the word, but humbled, really humbled by the artists I have on the podcast. And I know you're going to love season two. It's got a special theme and I'll release an intro to it next week. Remember that you can support this podcast by making a contribution at buymeacoffee.com backslash how we create. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at the how we create podcast. That's the T H E how we create podcast.